Hello and welcome back to Maple Syrup Blood Money. I am Kyle Carty, and joining me, as always, is the Hal to my Alice. Noah Carden, and I feel a little offended, but we're, we're both terrible, terrible people. Oh, oh, yeah, like, without a shadow of a doubt on God's green earth, like... Both of those those people that we are yeah. are monsters. They're, they're like the worst people in the world. Like, yeah, with without a shadow of a doubt, they're villainous. As we learn this episode, uh, it's real bad. Oh, it gets real, real bad. There's this episode is a doozy. Um, like a, a lot of shit happens. A hundred and ten percent. I don't want to waste any time with like okay. speculation on it because I didn't have many notes on this episode but what notes I do have are going to take some time. <laughs> okay. Um all right, well let's, let's just do let's, it. Yeah, let's jump in. So we're we're doing chapter 8, The Outsiders today. Oh, okay. Um and the first thing I have here is I have Jug Hedalog mm-hmm. written down. And then I just have ah Alice Cooper. Oh yeah, like with I, I have that too. Within the first goddamn shot of this episode, Alice Cooper is like adjusting her daughter's head so that they look more like posed and false perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Cool mom, but guess what, mom? You don't get the worst award today. You get a <laughs> it's... you get a pass, mom. <laughs> yeah. Like she somehow manages to skate out from underneath that that award this this episode. So I did not um, know it was possible. Yeah, it's it's pretty amazing. Uh, Jughead talks about how the Coopers are were high school sweethearts um, that eventually got married. Um, they're the the typical suburban family. Um, we see them uh, taking family photos, uh, and how um, we learned from Polly. Uh, about Jason, how a casual uh, conversation um, turns into a forbidden romance. Um, we see Polly and Jason meeting and arguing over time as their relationship progresses, um, and how they uh, they broke up and got back together once they learned that Polly was preggers. Um, we also get to see Cheryl wearing a shirt that just says "bitchy" across it, which I feel is very wait what. <laughs> How did I not notice this? There's a in the the montage of um, Polly and Jason like talking and things like that. You get to see Cheryl in the background of Pops, and she's wearing a shirt that just says "bitchy" across the chest. Are you fucking Um, serious? Yeah, yeah. How did I miss this? Like, this is like some goddamn Harajuku fucking English shit right there. Like, yeah, yeah, totally. Fuck. Um. We see Polly relating the situation to Sheriff Keller uh, at the Lodge's house, uh, explaining that uh, the drug dealing was a one-time drop for money to leave Riverdale. Um, Jason got the drugs from the Serpents um, to deliver them upstate. uh, And that Jason was holding on to the ring uh, that uh, Nana Nana Blossom, a.k.a. the Archdeacon, a.k.a. Lich Supreme of Riverdale. Yeah, fucking... Oh shit! I, I I was gonna make a good goof, like a good Tomb of Horrors goof, but I forgot who the Demi Lich. Akarak. She's fucking Akarak. 
Nice. Yeah, I did it, everybody. I know you're all so proud of all my terrible I, references. I would give you a high five if I could do that through the internet. All right, you'll give me um, one. You'll give me one at Gen Con. Yes. Um, I wrote down that this is probably a plot point slash foreshadowing, and that it's probably in Jason's jacket. Yeah, that's kind of where I was thinking too. Around. Yeah. Yeah, the jacket is definitely in play, and like. I don't know, Jay. Maybe you could have just pawned the ring rather than becoming a drug mule. Yeah. Just going to toss yeah, that yeah. one out there. I mean, I get that it's a family heirloom, but, like, uh, it's a crime. Well, it's obviously a cursed artifact that he can't actually, like, get rid of or else he would just find its way back to it. <laughs> it's a cursed ring of missile attraction, and it goes into the <laughs> forehead. <laughs> oh, man. Uh... And then uh, at Archie's, we see uh, Jughead and Archie playing DC Universe Online. Oh, is that what that was? I thought it it looked like a fake, terrible MMO. Like, they were like, yeah, this is what video games look like. And I was like, what no, the is, fuck? So it's a real game. I made sure to, to, to check because I figured it, like, the moment they showed, like, a single screenshot of it and, like, there was one person on the screen and they both have controllers, it's like, what are, what are you doing? This is a free-to-play Single player, like, MMO. You did a um, bad job on this video game because I thought that it was, like, a bad fake video game that you would yeah. see on screen on, like, a Fox Kids TV show. Yeah. Um, we see notifications that Luke's boxes will expire soon on screen. Um, Archie says that war is hell, and Jughead says hell is other people, kind of sarcastically, but... Yeah. Oh, Chuggy. Uh, Fred Andrews comes into, as I have written here, the stinky boy room. Um, <laughs> no, don't do that. <laughs> and inquires how Jughead is settling in. Um, uh, Fred has a big day tomorrow, saying that they're starting construction on the old drive-in lot. Um, to which he immediately apologizes to Jughead, since you know that that's kind of a sore subject to Juggy. Um, but it's a... a it's big a for big him. A big thing for both him as a, a as the business and, you know, getting his, his team back to work. Yeah, he handles it in a very good way, in a way that, yeah. you know, most parents wouldn't handle it in this show yeah. because all the parents are terrible. They're so bad. Like... I'm dreading it. You know what's coming, and I'm dreading it. Like... Yes. Uh... So, we, we cut back to the Lodge house, um, and Polly thinks that nobody wants her baby. Um, base, yeah, like, the, that, you know, either one side wants her, and then the other side wants the baby, but nobody wants the, the accompanying party there. <laughs> we will cut the Polly in half and give half to each family. <laughs> yeah. Um, Betty re relates this all to the gang, plus Cheryl, um, and Kevin uh, replies that besides, of course, the child snatching blossom monsters. No offense, Cheryl. Um, uh, the blossoms want the baby, but not Polly. Uh, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Betty's con uh, concerned with her impossible situation, but uh, Captain Out of Touch Veronica says being invited to Vanny Fair's Oscar party and Elton John's Oscar party on the same night, which has happened to her one year. Like, is another impossible situation. Veronica, in the next two episodes, is just... Uh, Veronica, please. She's bad in yeah. both episodes. 
Yeah, she's not great. She's not not ideal, V. Not ideal. You're you're just you're getting more and more out of touch with your your fellow your fellow students here. <laughs> Spiraling out of control, talking about yes. Vanity Fair Oscar parties. Shut up, Veronica. We're talking about a baby and a pregnant woman. Shut up. Uh, Kevin is somewhat delighted and shocked at the situ at uh, Veronica's apparent former situation. Yeah, um, his reactions in both in like every episode continue to just be just. Sweet, oh. sweet honey on this otherwise vinegar show. <laughs> I believe you mean sweet, sweet syrup. No, no, I thought about it and I tried to avoid it, Noah! <laughs> <laughs> um, Veronica then suggests that we should have a baby shower for Polly that um, her and her parents uh, can slowly work out their issues under a sort of somewhat neutral ground of the Lodge estate. Yeah, even though everyone hates the Lodges. Yeah, everybody just kind of hates everybody, but everyone's a especially dickhead. the lodge. So yeah, that's that's our big. There's two big stories. Our A story yes. this week, I would say, is probably this baby shower, and our B story is coming up, and it relates to Fred Andrews's construction, which he introed oh, yeah. to Jughead not long ago. Yeah, uh, Jughead asks if he has to go to the. Um, the baby shower, uh, to which Veronica says, yes, you're Bay's boyfriend. And it gets really awkward for, like, half a second. Like, everybody is, uh, super weirded out at that. I'm trying to be quiet. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to be quiet. It's okay, baby. Don't worry about it. Uh, and then suddenly Alice Cooper, once again, she just, she's, <coughs> she's just there. She's the jump scare of this episode, <laughs> is that she just appears without warning. Um... She pulls Betty and Veronica outside, um, and then we cut over to Andrew's construction, where Fred and Hermione um, totally weren't about to make out uh, when one of Fred's workers arrives saying that Cliff Blossom is hiring them uh, with guaranteed two years of work. Um, that's a that lot of fucking money, by the way. That is a, like, that is a lot. That's a, yeah. that's a lot of money. For those of you who don't know how much goddamn, like, how many hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars that will cost to hold an entire construction crew for two years on retain. For real. Um, um, that, yeah, we've, we've hit my second note. Like, literally, I have, like, everything we've talked about already. I've only, yeah. we've only gotten through my first two lines because it's like... The mom's terrible in the first shot, and then, like, fuck the Blossoms. <laughs> like, yeah, that's such for a real. dick move, Dad Blossom, whose name I forget. I think it's, like, Wentworth. Cliff. He's Clifford Blossom. Um, Cliffy so B. We, we learned that uh, Sheriff Keller basically ratted out Betty and Veronica um, to the Coopers. Um, to the, the Cooper parents, I mean. Uh, but Betty and Veronica defend their position saying it's Polly's decision to keep the baby or not and that it's um, theirs to decide if they want to be a part of Polly's life or not. Um, you know, if you want to be good, supportive parents, you know, actually be there for your daughter. Yeah, don't um, be a shithead. Yeah. Uh, Betty tells uh, Alice about the baby shower and that going to it would be the normal, loving, grandmotherly thing to do. Um I love that Alice just kind of noticeably blanches at the word grandmother. <laughs> yeah, Betty slays it in this scene. Like, mm. she does a good cold fury. A far yeah. cry. A far cry from her Uma Thurman thing in episode three. 
<laughs> we always come back to episode three. Episode oh three God. comes back very soon. It does. Okay, yeah. It does. It very does soon. very soon. Um, I do have a note here that just says, good job, Betty. Yeah. So exactly what you were saying. We're on the same page. Um, then we go back to, to Fred and his team. Uh, Fred begs others uh, for work uh, over the phone um, as Archie arrives from a date with Val, which um, there's a lot of, like, mentions of Val. But not a lot of Val. Little... Yeah. Yeah, like, she's sort of just a ghost for everything. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I just hope that they do Val Val good. Like, I hope we get to see more Val, and I hope we get to explore more Archie-Val uh, relationship dynamics, because mm -hmm. w you know, why introduce that if... I'm just worried we're not going to, you know? Yeah, yeah, I know, I know exactly what you mean. Um, Fred relates that both Cliff Blossom sniped his team from out underneath him, and that after um, some prompting from Archie that the business is in trouble. That, um... You know, they're, they're not doing great financially. Uh, but Archie, ever the optimist, reassures them that they'll be able to figure it out. Yeah, they um, always find a way, these cute, cute boys. Yes. Uh, at breakfast, Betty and Veronica convince Polly of the baby shower, but Polly wants uh, not only her horrible mother uh, to show up, uh, but the, the Blossoms, uh, namely Penelope, uh, much to Betty and Veronica's surprise. Yeah. Um, Penelope Blossom. Polly Penelope, Penelope, Penelope Blossom and Alice, last name redacted, because I forgot it. Yeah, it, I mean, listen, Polly, you are making a goddamn powder keg. Like, yeah, you know that, right? You know this is gonna end poorly. <laughs> oh God, is Polly, uh, Polly an wants... agent of chaos? Do you think? Like, is, yeah. does she worship chaos undivided? Yes. We'll go with that for now. Okay, yeah, un until we know. Until she starts casting spells or... Or, like, growing you know. beaks on her hand or something, or offering something <laughs> to snatch or slanesh. Like, that's that's when we'll know for sure. I want to talk about Warhammer so bad now. Yeah, um, I, uh, I did not know you knew about Warhammer. I was... Oh, I, I, love, I love me some Warhammer. Oh, especially some Warhammer fantasy. Okay. Um, Fan what was your army? I played Lizardmen. Uh, I kind of preferred Empire. Like, my biggest thing uh, was the role-playing game. Oh, the Fantasy Flight one? Uh, I played the Fantasy Flight one, and I have the second edition of the... Yeah, the second edition. The standard book version. Oh, that's cool. Um, I did not uh, And that. I absolutely love Gotrick and Felix. Okay, see, I'm, I'm really only knowledgeable of, like... Tomb Kings and Lizard Folk and uh, Stinky Little Rat Boys. <laughs> Stinky Little Rat Boys. Stinky Little Rat Boys. Um, uh, all the really cool parts of Warhammer that then got like kind of nuked when they oh, did Age of Sigmar, and I don't want to. Talk I don't about fucking it. talk about Age of Sigmar. Games Workshop, you're the worst. Literally, you're the worst company in the traditional gamosphere. Like, would they be the Alice Cooper? Of they're the, traditional they're games. the fucking Clyde Cooper or whatever Hal Cooper whatever his fucking name is they're him because goddamn oh, God. their whole product line is a goddamn abortion but um <laughs> we'll get to that um, <laughs> Polly wants to try and convince uh, Penelope that she's not an unfit mother um, Hermione drags Veronica out uh, out of the room for a private uh, word saying uh, 
that having both the Coopers and the Blossoms in the apartment will be a bloodbath. Um, blood and bath, I have a note here that Veronica was wearing a pearl belt. What? Um, <laughs> in the scene, her 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 outfit, she has like a little belt around her oh waist that is just all pearls. Oh my goodness. Okay. Well, I didn't watch these two episodes with Kat. Uh, she was at a... Uh, what, what's the word I'm talking about here? Like a alumni thing at my college, at our okay. university. And um, so I had to watch these stag. And uh, whew, these were some episodes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I'm not going to have many fashion pointers unless it's like color theory fashion. I gotcha. Uh, Hermione has also been avoiding the Blossoms since they too are going after the drive-in lot. Um, because Hiram's the secret buyer. Um, she's concerned about holding the shower now, and Veronica asks if she can try and convince Alice to come, you know, speak to her mother to mother. Um, then we get to outside the gates of Thornhill. Thornhill. (laughs) The gates of Thornhill is just such a great name. I'm gonna name an adventure the gates of Thornhill, and I will release it on drive-thru. Because that's so goddamn foreboding. Yeah, exactly. Um, And Fred Andrews basically cuts off Cliff trying to leave his own house. Um, Very aggressive boy. Very aggressive. Uh, Cliff really says nothing personal and that the land used to be owned by the Blossoms as part of the foundation of their maple empire. That's my my note. (laughs) This is where we founded our maple empire. It's like, shut up, you fucking sap. I see what you did there. Uh, Cliff's, Cliff's plan is to halt construction and bleed out Fred's mysterious boss, a.k.a. Hiram Lodge, um, for as much money as he can. But that doesn't sit well with Fred saying that, the, that he's messing with his livelihood and that he'll come after him with everything he's got. Which I assume um, is nothing. Uh, you know, maybe like a bulldozer. He's got some stuff. Like, Fred, uh, the only thing that you could do to Clifford Blossom is, like, you go and you get a gun and you kill him. Like Whatever happened to Miss Grundy's gun? Oh, shit. Where is... Miss Grundy's gun is in flux right now. <laughs> <laughs> what? Does Betty still have it? Just, Did they a... give it back to Grunderman? Like, I... I have a feeling Maybe. they're just going to drop it, but if that gun comes back, like a, a Chekhov's gun style style shenanigan, then I will be very excited. Uh, Cliff is unshaken, however, and tells Fred to park somewhere else. Yeah. He says, get off my lawn. Uh, I did notice that you actually get a, a decent shot of the front license plate. Oh, yeah? And it says that Riverdale is located in the Sugar Maple State. What the... Okay, so is that next to Candyland? I, I guess. A sugar maple is a type of tree. Um, where is it native? And I, I looked this up. Of course to you did. Trying to decipher where Riverdale is located in the show universe. And, and? my best guesses are somewhere in either, like, northern uh, Pennsylvania, okay. like, mid-New York, or Vermont. Okay. Yeah, I can. Because that's all like the growing range of sugar maples. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, there's some, some, like, New York's nearby. Another place that we get to in a little bit is very nearby. Um, So it's probably somewhere in there. Yeah, it's got to be in that, that, like, Penta State area. 
Yeah. Uh, back at the Andrews construction office, Fred relates Cliff's plan, and uh, a- and afterwards is asked by Hermione. Um, Oh, and after being asked by Hermione, says everybody uh, is in the dark about the mysterious buyer. Um, nobody really knows who it is except for Hermione. Um, then uh, Archie, Jughead, Kevin, and two uh, bruiser studs. One of them is Moose. They, one of them is Moose. I couldn't quite remember who everybody was. They all look the um, same. Yeah. They call themselves bruiser studs, which I don't think I've ever heard anybody oh, is call is that them. what they said? Because I... I I turned I on subtitles. Okay, yeah, yeah. I was sort of roll. I was like adjusting myself in my chair when they said that, and mm-hmm. I didn't want to rewind because rewinding on the CW app is a real pain in the ass. Yeah. Yes, but they show up to provide uh, child labor after school and on weekends. Yeah, and Fred's like, yes, let's let the unskilled children build my multi-million dollar complex. This is a good plan. I feel like OSHA's going to have some words about this. Yeah, like... Because, like, when you're a minor labor, there's work hazard problems, and there's, like, time constraint problems. Like, you can't come even close to a full 40. Uh, like, it's just, it's a whole powder keg of disaster. Oh, my God. Yes. Um, and uh, I noticed that as they walk away uh, from Hermione and... Uh, and Fred, uh, Kevin, steals the scene again with no words as he points at Hermione's shoes and mouths, I love those shoes. <laughs> and I mouth, I love Kevin. Oh, Kevin is so Because he's great. the best. Oh, he's so good. So good. Um, Hermione and Alice meet at Pops, where Hermione asks for Alice's uh, poly plan. Um, Alice just wants her family back, and Hermione says she has to face reality about the baby situation. Um, and that... Uh, she needs to... They have an argument over, like, the semantics of babies and, like, she's a... She can't be a mother, and then Hermione's like, bitch, people raise babies every day. Shut up. We did it. Shut up. And, uh, we sort of... Alice does say she's gonna come at the end of this scene, right? Uh, yeah. Well, I don't think she actually says so, but she does end up showing up. Um, they, they love doing that thing where, like, there's, like, a slight pause and you're waiting for that response and it just cuts and then they cut the scene yeah, yeah. The, the lingering look yeah. uh, back at the construction site uh moose and the other guys uh compliment how buff kevin is um and try <laughs> to recruit him to the football team but kevin uh prefers contact sports one-on-one like boxing uh, 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 yeah kevin <laughs> i love kevin uh, Jughead teases Archie uh, uh, that if music doesn't work out, uh, manual labor is a good fallback. Uh, Archie's like, can we talk about Jughead's shirt? Jughead's the only one just like straight up wearing a wife beater, yeah. and like he's so. <sighs> I thought he was gonna be really stringy. Like one, he looks stupid, but two, I did not expect uh, Sprouse, mm-hmm. my Brussels, oh my Brussels Sprouse, <laughs> oh, to have. Um, surprising amount of lean musculature. Like, okay, put a fucking shirt on anyway, but still, that's not bad. Either take the tank top off or put a shirt on. Yeah. Um, is like, no, man, not for me. Uh, And Jughead understands. Um, your dad's path is not for you. I know that. Uh, trust me, I get it. Um, Archie, uh, going full bro, 
says his dad has his back all the time. Uh, so hauling some rocks is no big problem, and Jughead agrees. Uh, and after a long day of work, the crew checks back in uh, and grabs some sodas. But Moose uh, forgot his phone outside and goes to retrieve it, witnessing two hooded men sabotaging the generators on the site. I don't think sabotage is the right word. I think you mean fucking up with, like, pipe wrenches. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. I think that's the word. Fun fact, sabotage comes from the word sabot, which is a wooden shoe that workers would throw into machinery to cause it to stop working. <laughs> Get out of here. Are you for I real? I am for real. That's fucking amazing. I love that fun fact, Noah. <laughs> Oh my god, that's so good. But yeah, so Moose is like, hey, stop it! And then he gets the shit he beat out of him. He gets the shit beat out of him. Um, yeah, just fucked only, up. Like, what did you expect? The, the only reason that everybody else notices is because the lights flicker on and off at the uh, the freaking uh, office. So they all run outside to see what's going on. Um, and the those bad, bad boys run away. Mm -hmm. And uh, they decide to call the Popo, a.k.a. Kevin's Pawpaw. And... Uh, talk about what the hell just happened yeah um apparently they issued a warning to moose saying that they'll keep coming back if construction continues um fred thinks that those two men that attacked moose were probably hired by cliff blossom um keller is a bit skeptical however um and archie thinks it could be the uh the serpent since this used to be snake territory because, of course, it is. I mean, Jughead obviously defends the serpents. Mm -hmm. He's like, no, when I lived here, they were super, like, not aggressive towards me. I don't know. Trying to covertly cover up that his, his pawpaw is boss serpent. He's um, the serpent sovereign, <laughs> which is also the Southside Serpents are a cult in our fantasy universe. Yes. And the serpent sovereign is their leader. Um, <clears throat> they are all Yuan-Ti. That's very important. It's, it's very... Um very Conan the Barbarian with James Earl Jones and the... Oh, that big boy snake was so cool. It's so cool. And then James Earl Jones turns into a snake and it's kind of weird. James Earl Jones, you're a good actor. <laughs> you're the best. But yes, so um, at the lodges the next day, uh, Polly asks Betty and Veronica if Alice is coming and then Betty tells... Uh, and then tells Betty she's gonna be uh, her godmother. So... Hooray. Yeah, which is kind of a given. Uh, Veronica Oz. Um, and then Is it? I I mean, I kind of figure like your sister would be your your the godparent. She's the only good person in your life right Pretty now. Pretty much. So. Um, in Archie's room, Archie is frustrated and goes to do something, uh, leaving Val alone. Bad boyfriend, Archie. Um, yeah, Archie's not a great yeah. boyfriend this episode. We, we see Val for all of like 30 seconds and like he just immediately leaves her alone. Like, what yeah, the fuck are you doing? Yeah, poor Valerie. Um, you deserve better than bad boy Archie. Archie arrives at Pops looking for Jughead, who's telling ben Betty and Veronica uh, about Moose. Um, Archie, being a blockhead, is set to go after the Southside Serpents, but Jughead uh, is like, bro, we don't know what was them. He's like, dude, they're a gang, and they probably have, like, guns. Yes. Also, my dad totally isn't, like, their leader. Um, Don't worry about it. Don't go, though. And Archie's like, I'm going to go. Thanks for backing me up. And he storms out like a blockhead. Yes. Um, he also says that Kevin's boyfriend, Joaquin, can get them into the bar that they're in. Which is, oh, I guess, between now and... Between the, the drive-in and now, they have become, like, officially a thing. Um, yeah. 
So they they go to the uh, the bar where they can hope to at least ID the guys that attacked Moose. Okay. Before we get inside, I need to talk about this. Okay. Because I I said as Archie stormed off, I said, at least he's gonna change his fucking clothes. But this dip <laughs> shit. Walks in with his goddamn Letterman jacket. He never like not wear it. Like Archie, you stupid motherfucker! Oh Do not wear your high school jacket when you're going to a place to shake somebody down. You dip shit. So, so can we talk about the name of this bar real quick? What is it called? I don't remember. It is called the White Worm. With Y's instead of I's. That's like some fucking, like, Norse alt-right style shit. Yeah, like, it's super weird, like... I was gonna say, call it the snake hole, but... (laughs) (laughs) But, Uh, Yeah, mine's mine's less of, like, a white supremacy-sounding name. Yeah, Uh, yeah, no, it's it's not great. Mine's gay, but what are you gonna do? Um... Joaquin warns uh, Archie and Kevin and the rest to not make eye contact with anybody and to play it cool. Um, Archie says that if they ID anybody, just to leave and uh, call Keller, Sheriff Keller. Um, yeah, good job, Archie. It, good job following your own advice. Yeah, he immediately disregards that. Um, and once they get inside and start playing some pool, Archie escalates the situation by turning some guy around and asking if he likes beating up on high school kids. Um, and then he says, yeah, I do. And he beats up on Archie very briefly before he's interrupted by Snake Dad. Yeah. Um, apparently, we also learned that this isn't the first time that some of the Bulldogs, the high school football team, have been in this place. Ooh. <gasps> um, but yes, then uh, a familiar voice tells him to stop. Uh, FP arrives from upstairs thing, saying he'll take care of this um, and looks just kind of disappointed at Archie, who is somewhat stunned to see uh, Jughead's dad here. Um, uh, FP forces the guys, except for Archie, outside uh, and asks them what's going on. Uh, Archie accuses the serpents of uh, trashing the site and changes it uh, to a more, and then accuses if it accuses FP of being making it a more personal thing because of uh, Fred firing him in the past. Um, FP laughs it off, saying Archie uh, has more imag- imagination than Jughead. Um, then. Fred arrives with uh, FP saying he called him as soon as Archie stepped inside, which they step inside and then there's like a scene cut where they're playing pool, which, and then when they get back outside, it's night. So like, how long did it take for Fred to get here? Time is very nebulous in Riverdale. Like, (laughs) it's so very nebulous. It's it's a place outside of time. A hundred percent it is. Yeah, to- <laughs> it's 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 a demi-plane within itself. The Sweet Valley uh, area, Sweet Valley River area, the Sweetwater River, why do I keep saying Sweet Valley High? Um, it is a demi-plane unto itself. Yes. You have to wander through some, some maple tree forest covered in mist. and The mists of Ravenloft pluck you, <laughs> and if they don't want to carry you all the way to Ravenloft, they drop you in misty-ass Riverdale. <laughs> they say, eh... Whatever. You, you can deal with it here. Um, Good luck. Do, do, do. At Polly's baby shower, um, guests arrive, including uh, Val and Melody, um, to a cover of uh, Our House in the middle of our street. Um, 
all breathy and and sensual like um it, oddly like boner rific considering that it's a baby shower yeah um jughead brings out some cupcakes and jokes that organizing baby shower is on his bucket list of things to do um then alice arrives and says she's glad that both polly and the baby are safe um and you know they they hug and, and make up um, however, the hug is interrupted by Cheryl loudly announcing her arrival, um, pushing a an ornate like baby carriage through the door. Um, yeah, like some Downton Abbey ass shit. And uh, the music changes to, as I have written here, Balkan Skull by way of a music box. <laughs> like it gets like this kind of like, oh, here comes these rapscallions kind of music. Oh, look at these little troublemakers. Um, Penelope wheels in the Archdeacon, uh, who is yeah, loaded down with gifts. Like, she's piled high with, with like, boxes and presents and things. She she has cast Tensor's Floating Disc <laughs> half of an inch above her lap so that she can easily <laughs> levitate these, these gifts. Oh, man. And um, we just get, like, a bunch of just, like... All right, listen... I'm going to totally level with you here. This scene does not matter because it's just a bunch of filler up until and up until the most important filler, which is actually the most important part of the meta plot in which uh, the archdeacon is like holding Polly's hand and like levitating a crystal (laughs) psionically with her mind over her head. And she's like, I'm performing a ritual, dear, and the ritual will tell me if your child is the twice-born sovereign. And it's like, okay, what? And it turns out that Polly's pregnant with twins, and Nana is a lich! <laughs> I have that written in Nana all caps of my notes, too. Nana is a lich! She is a dark mistress of magic. She is a demon. Who is using crystals flesh. to divine the sex of the babies, as we find out. Oh, yes, and they will be, those babies will be as one, the two-headed beast that will devour Riverdale. This is something else I just realized, is that Jason and Cheryl were twins, and now Polly's oh, having yeah. twins. Oh, oh, did you think that that was lost on me? Why do you think I said twice born? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so, so it's Cheryl Jason and Jason reincarnated. reincarnated. This is the ritual. They had to kill Jason so that he could be reborn as two more babies and further propagate. Oh, God. Oh, God, they're the companions. Yeah. Yeah, they are, dog. Oh, God. Um, um, so. yeah, but, yeah, this scene, the rest of it is unimportant until, like, the last, like, two discreet bits of this baby shower. Like... Because it's just like, oh, thoughtful gift. My nightlight mom's being a good mom. But then, which which person fucks it up first? Is Does Archie fuck up this scene, or do the parents fuck this uh, scene I up? think Archie does. Cause, uh, Archie, that goddamn blockhead, he, kicks the door in, and he, like, stomps into Jughead. Like, first off, who doesn't lock their front door? Second off, how did he get past Smithers? That guy's clearly some sort of former Special Forces yeah. in my head canon. Um, are, are all butlers actually just like spec ops yeah they, yeah, they have to be i think like that's a prerequisite Alfred smithers um the one from archer whose name i can't remember woodhouse special forces training is a prerequisite for butlering 
And assassin training is a prerequisite for being a maid, if I have learned anything from fiction. But uh, Archie comes in and he like confronts Jughead because he found out that his dad is Jug Dad is like the Serpent Supreme, and Jughead's just like, dude, I'm sorry, but like, come on, this is a baby shower, you fucking <laughs> idiot. <laughs> he exposes Jughead like in front of everybody, mainly Betty and Veronica, which like, great job, jackass, like, yeah, like. He could have fucking waited until he came home tonight yeah. because he would have, you dumb motherfucker. He is full Minecraft Steve in this scene. Oh, full. Um, we do also, uh, in between this, we also get a quick scene where Fred and FP talk about FP being a serpent um, and how, like, you know, uh, FP has had, you know, had to do some sort of work when he got fired. Um when Fred accuses the snakes of hurting moose, uh, FP denies it, saying that, you know, you really think I'd do something like that, um, especially after everything you've done for Jughead and all this other stuff. Um, yeah. And then... As far as gangs go, I gotta say, with, like, how this episode shakes out, the serpents are about as, like, decent as they come. Like, they're closer to, like, the Yakuza end of the spectrum uh-huh. than, like, the Mafia. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Um... Effie then offers to ask around for who it could be, saying um, Fred always pulls through for them uh, and to keep an eye on Archie, who has disappeared from Fred's car, and we now know where he ended up, at the baby shower, to be a jackass and totally expose um, Jughead. Jughead in front of everyone. In front of everybody. Uh, is there anything after that before the parent fight? Uh, not really. Um, yeah, right. they, they so start handing some gifts, um, like the, the heirloom rocking horse, which, why would you give that to a baby? And then... Do you want to know why? Do you want to know why? Sure. All right. So that, the wood that makes up that, <laughs> that rocking horse is made of a special type of maple tree. And this maple tree is called funeral pyre maple. And so funeral pyre maple is what will give the twice-born... It's it's sucker. They will ride that horse in tandem, and it will feed them, and it will basically it will help them plant their roots. Why aren't we writing an Archie horror series that is just this? Hey, Archie Comics, hit us up. We will please. We will gladly write this for a (laughs) shit. Anyone hit us up. We will write a really weird modern horror fantasy story because well, uh, no one on television has done it right yet. Yeah, no, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll do this like a, a Weapon Brown kind of thing. where we'll... What the hell is a Weapon Brown? Oh, you don't know about Weapon Brown? Does it make you poop your pants? <laughs> no, it's, uh, okay, so you take like 90s comics, like... Okay. Your 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 Rob Liefelds and 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 Frank Millers, and you can so people. So basically, we take the people who can't draw hands. Yes. is what you're saying. Yes. Okay. And we combine that with Charlie Brown and the Peanuts. <laughs> this is a, this is a is, thing. I I don't know if it ever actually got like a real publication or not, but it has been like online for ages. And uh, yeah, like it's it's nuts. You should look it up. Agent Brown. Okay, I'm 100% going to look that okay. up. Um, but yes, so we see the heirloom rocking horse, and Penelope offers a, um invitation to stay at, Thorn- at, Thorn- at Thornhill. 
Um, and that it's an open invitation and that Polly and the baby um, would want for nothing. Um, this doesn't sit well with Alice, who accuses them of trying to steal her daughter away. Um, Penelope and Alice start fighting about being a good mother and manipulation, um, but Polly isn't having it. Uh, says it's pointless. Um, hate. Weapon Brown. Jesus Christ. <laughs> see? See? Get the... F- it's, it's the Easter mongrel, Weapon Brown. It's the Great Pumpkin, Weapon Brown. <laughs> okay, hold on. Pause. Pause, 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 pause. It's the Great Pumpkin, Weapon Brown. In this short comic, included in the omnibus book, Linus Van Pelt and Sally Brown attempt to summon the Great Pumpkin via a sexual ritual. The horrific pumpkin patch is the locale. Yeah. Oh, and the Easter mongrel is uh, Woodstock and a genetically altered Snoopy, and they're... they're oh, my fuck. <laughs> There's an arc called the Blockheads War... Fuck me! <laughs> oh shit! And an adult version of uh, Calvin from Calvin and Hobbes is the villain. <laughs> Popeye! Oh my god! Oh my god! I'm gonna eat my own body. <laughs> I'm gonna dig through the ground until I don't exist anymore. What the? F- okay, I'm sorry. I'm done. We're gonna. This is gonna get covered in our when we finally start talking about comics. We're doing Weapon Brown. Okay. Sure. I'm totally down for it. Fuck. Fuck me. So, uh, but yeah, Polly isn't having the fighting, saying it's just pointless hate, and this is why Jason is dead. Um, After the shower, Alice tries to talk to Polly, and she accuses Alice, um, but she accuses Alice um, that because she didn't meet with Jason, that's why he died. um, And that's what she, uh, and that's why she's unwanted. Turn in the page. Turn in the page. Uh, I believe it's during this confrontation that uh, uh, Polly is like, "Are you just gonna schedule a doctor's appointment for me too, uh-huh. Mom? Just like Dad did?" And she's like, "What are you talking about?" And she's like, "Yeah, Dad scheduled a doctor's appointment. Told me I had to go, and said that you know it would fix my mistake." And uh, Mama Cooper, uh, she departs. Uh, Promptly. Yes, she is not having it. Um, at the Andrews house, before uh, we get to the confrontation with Hal, um, Archer turns to find Fred drinking. Um, uh, Archie says he's trying to help, um, or he was trying to help, and pull his weight. But Fred solemnly says that he's tried all of his life to build things, and that you know his family's falling apart. His the safe life that he's trying to to build for. Him and Archie is, like, up in the air, um, and that he spent most of his life building, and that's all he is, and, you know, not being able to do this job is, is ruining him on, on more than just the financial level. Uh, and Archie gives him a very nice pep talk uh-huh. about how, well, wouldn't it be nice if in the future my like your grandson doesn't want to do music or anything like that and he's like i want to build things like grandpa and it's like oh that is sweet that's super sweet um he says that you know that this is this is his legacy which makes it you know all the sweeter um back at the lodges uh also luke perry can act mm -hmm. by the way like he sells it pretty good. He he sells it a lot better than some of the other actors who try to fake cry in this one. Luke Perry does damn fine. Yeah. 
Back of the Wall, just Betty asked why Jughead never told her uh, about his dad. Um, he says he was always ashamed, but uh, Betty says if they're going to be together, they she wants to know all about him. Um, they also suggest that if he might know something about Jason, since the serpents were selling him the drugs. Mm-hmm. Um, over at the Joneses, uh, Jughead introduces Betty to FP, and then explains that they're here to talk about the serpents' connection with the drugs to Jason Blossom. Uh, Effie explains that they needed uh, money to run away, um, and since he was clean cut, the cops wouldn't suspect him of you know running drugs upstate. Um, Jug warns that you know the police know now, um, so expect a visit. Effie um, goes on to say he thought Jason had just run off with a stash until he turned up dead, um, which kind of provokes a question out of Jughead. Um, Did you kill him? Yeah. Did you kill him, Dad? Um, and the answer is no. I'm a monster, but I did not kill a child. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so he's he's not a perfect dad, but he's no killer. Um, and they basically, and then Betty and Jughead leave. Um, back at the Coopers, uh, Alice confronts. Let's, let's pull this fucking bandaid off. All right. Alice confronts Hal about forcing Polly to get an abortion. Um, and we learned that Hal has apparently done this before to Alice when they were younger. Hey! Hey, Hal! Hey, listen. I might have thought you were kind of like the innocuous bad dad. Like... Fuck you, dude. Like, here's a thousand BDP. Forever. You're the fucking worst. You forced your wife to have a fucking abortion that it kind of seems like she did not want, which wants and realistic uh, implications can kind of conflict sometimes. But also at the same time, uh, you're a fucking monster. And then you also were about to force your daughter to get an abortion. I hope that the pack of wolves eats you first halfway and then eats your wife and then comes back to eating you while you're still alive. Yes. Yes. Like, and God, just a terrible person. Um, Alice starts shouting at him to get out um, after he says that Polly isn't going to be moving back in, that he's not going to be party to having a baby with blossom blood in it. Um, but... Uh, yeah, Alice just forces him out, just screaming, shouting, pushing him over, um, and he eventually leaves. Uh, what a ter- oh my god, what a terrible person. He's a very bad boy. Um, and so now, Polly gets delivered sort of the, the message that it's safe to come home, that dad has been kicked out, rightfully so, I hope he drowns in the river, mm-hmm. um... And she's like, okay, I'll think about it. And they do one of those patented CM, uh, CW, like, wistful glance cuts. Mm-hmm. And uh, is there anything else before the final shot? There is. Before the Jughead a lot? Um, there's some uh, Jughead and Archie talking out about how um, Jughead can always talk to, to Archie about anything. That uh, Jughead does the, the, uh, the bro whisper that... Uh, Jughead is his brother. You're like my brother, man. You're, you're like my brother, man. Cool bro whisper. And then he's like, you're my brother. Yeah. <laughs> like, Jughead is not afraid to say yeah. it. 
So, um, and that, you know, Jughead will, will offer any help that he can to Fred and Archie for everything that they've done for him. Um, back at FP's, we see that he's packing up Jason's jacket, um, saying it's insurance, and tosses the bag to Joaquin. Um, he then asks uh, how his relationship with Kevin is going, um, since he's the inside line to the sheriff. Um, Joaquin feels like super guilty about using Kevin, since Kevin actually likes him. Uh, but FP says they all have a part to play. Um, and the next day, FP shows up to the construction site with a bunch of serpents to help out Fred, saying, uh, you know, never had a better He's foreman. He's not going to abandon him. Yep. Yeah. Um, and that, you know, if any more trouble comes around, the serpents can more than handle themselves. Which FP gains, uh, he loses some bad dad points. He's doing a pretty good, pretty good thing mm-hmm. in this one. Yeah. Um, and as he walks off with Hermione, um, he he's like, listen, I, I put out some feelers and it turns out that those thugs, they're not from around here. Apparently they're from Vancouver. Montreal. And who has business? Whatever. They're from somewhere in Canada. Somewhere in... Vancouver and Montreal are both French Canada, right? No, Vancouver's uh, north of Seattle. Oh, really? Oh, shit. Oh, I'm thinking of Quebec, I think. Uh, There's Quebec City, which is in Quebec, which is the province that Montreal and Quebec City are located in. Yeah, they're both French Canadian. But um, he's like, yeah, they're from up there. And uh, who has business up there? And they're like, oh, shit. These this, these guys work for Hiram. He's trying to fuck with us now. And why are they trying to fuck with the Andrews construction? Because somebody told Hiram, apparently... We're not 100% sure right now, actually. But somebody told Hiram about Hermione and Fred's little affair. <sighs> well, what are you going to yeah. do? And then we get to the conclusion of the Polly situation. Polly goes to Thornhill... Polly goes to Thornhill. Polly, what the fuck are you doing? Yes. Yeah, like... Polly. Polly goes to Thornhill to stay with the, the, the Blossoms. And it, it ruins Alice. Yeah, well, Alice, uh, you did push her away. You're kind of a rank bitch. Just because Hal has three million bad dad points doesn't mean that you are, like, you have any good mom points. Yeah, like, Fuck. oh my god, they're just, everybody's just kind of awful, except for, like, Fred and FP, and even then, FP isn't exactly great. Yeah, F, I mean, Fred, Fred's the only good dad, with the exception of Sheriff Keller, but we haven't really gotten much time with him yet, so I'm sure he's secretly terrible in some way. Yeah, like, um, Sheriff Keller probably shot somebody. They was probably shot a bunch of children. But, um... This was a pretty light episode, honestly. Like, it had moments of denseness, Mm -hmm. but more or less, like, you could cut out maybe 30 minutes of this episode and get where you need to go. Yeah, like, it's, there's a lot of things happening, and, like, there's lots of stuff that kind of ties in with, like, the whole Jason Blossom and, like, that whole situation, yeah, but it's a lot of set dressing. Mm-hmm. It'll have payoff later, I hope. God, I hope so. But like, but like, uh, I don't know. It was a good episode. Don't get me yeah. wrong, but it just it wasn't um, super duper engaging like the next episode. Yeah, um, we we I think the the biggest thing we we got out of 
this episode is that Nana Rose is a goddamn necromancer. <laughs> is a goddamn Archlich Akarak bride ass. Oh, All right. So, like, is there a type of lich that is a specialist in nature, like sand liches and dry liches, <laughs> like a like a druid lich? Yeah. Like, is there such a thing as a druid lich? I think I think being a druid and being a lich are like diametrically opposed. You know, you might be right. Don't not gonna stop me from googling yeah, it though. True. Uh, druid lich. <clears throat> so, uh, green lich. Yeah, look at that. A green lich. Huh. Um, it's also called a Hyloroy. A Hyloroy. That... I'm not sure if this is homebrew, but that's kind of cool. Yeah, there you go. Uh, I think a Druid Lich would be dope. Anyway. Let me see. Uh, we actually got some feedback at this point. Um... Wait, for real? Yeah! Uh... Oh, Sugar Snap Peas! Yeah, so, um... A, a gentleman by the name of Crazon. Crazon? Uh, Crazon. C-R-A-Z-O-N. Um, also seen in some places as Review Cultist. Uh, oh, Review Cultist. Okay. Yes. Uh, he's been listening to the show. Um, well, hello. He's sent us a, a little email, a little email letter. Um, and he says, hey, guys, loving the podcast so far. It's actually getting me more interested in watching the, a series that I had only casually gleaned as I passed the living room. Mind you, I s did sit down shortly after taking note of what it was and watched the first two episodes. So there was uh, so there was something there. Uh, now I have more of a reason to finish the season. Uh, really, Hell yeah. Really hoping some supernatural elements make it in if Sabrina comes into play. Uh, to show my gratitude, I give you uh, I give to you a piece I did while listening to episode two of the podcast. Keep up the good work, guys. Uh, Crazon, um, you did show me this picture, uh, and he sent us did. Uh, a little picture. I'll probably put it either in the show notes or like as the the image for this episode of uh, oh boy of Jargi, our Jargi, our our Cthuloid like Shugoth Jughead Archie combination. Um, Our portmanteau. Yes, uh, it's oh my god, pretty damn. It's very brilliant. well done. Yeah, I love it. I did not know that there was such a sweet letter associated. Oh with yeah, it. definitely. Uh, oh well, thank you so much. I uh, I actually saved it to my phone. It's the first thing that I've ever done that has received fan art. So it has a very special place in my heart. I know it's so cool. Um, so thank oh you, gosh. thank you, thank you so much, Grayson. We really, really appreciate it. Um, he also left us a comment on episode three. Um, uh, so I gotta say, watching episode three before the podcast, I almost instantly registered the whole sticky maple thing as it's, as a disgusting, slut shaming thing. Uh, call it Canadian intuition. Um, he is Canadian. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Uh, seemed pretty self-explanatory in its innuendo. Also, finally noticed the cloak, and now I go, "What the fuck is Veronica a closet larper?" Or is this going to oh. be the Sabrina connection? Super looking forward to your episode four. I s oh my god. Okay. If if Sabrina's introduction isn't Veronica at, like, the cloak store, and, like, <laughs> she reaches for a cloak, and, like, her hand accidentally touches another hand reaching for it, and we pull back, and it's, like, Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Uh-huh. 
that's the perfect intro. And they're like, oh, you like cloaks? And she's like, yeah, I like cloaks too. And then they become best friends. And then she gets into a wizard battle with the Archdeacon. <laughs> yes. That's how that's I, want I want the show to make the hardest left turn into like urban fantasy I've ever seen in a show. I want this show to make a sudden violent change. Like, such a sharp left turn that it even makes the guy who wrote that It, it Hurts webcomic. Like, I hope that it gives him whiplash. <laughs> because that's the only thing that I have ever read that just takes such an immediate change in genre. It's like a stupid potty mouth webcomic about a, a dipshit young boy in love. And then... Literally, over the span of one page of the comic, it becomes a post-apocalyptic survival horror comedy. What the <laughs> like, fuck? They kill off almost everybody. Like, the boy turns out to be a robot, his best friend dies and then gets revived as a zombie, a demon rips a bunch of people apart, the world comes to an end, his girlfriend is some sort of, like, herald of angelic defeat. Like... I want Archie to do that, but times a thousand. Yeah, like, I want it to take, like, such a hard left turn, like, Sabrina shows up, and it's like, hey, meet my friend, Harry Dresden, and, like, all this other crazy <laughs> shit just starts happening. You know, I'm gonna be totally, totally real with you. I've only watched maybe three episodes of the Dresden Files TV show starring the police guy from Arrow. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've never, like, read a book... I've never uh, played a tabletop game of it. I, I And it's weird because I love the idea of, like, uh, urban fantasy and, like, fantasy noir. Mm -hmm. And it seems right up my alley. It's just, I don't know what it is about it. Maybe it's, it's an accessibility thing or a time constraint. But it's so, just, the TV show did not grab me. I would say, um, get the audiobooks. That's how I've been reading them. Um, and uh, James Marsters, a.k.a. Spike from Buffy the Vampire Slayer reads all of them. Isn't he the... You know, that's another one I haven't seen. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Isn't Spike, like, the rape angel? No, he's the, the rape vampire. Okay, there's some... Uh, is Angel a vampire? Angel is a vampire. Okay, so they're not actually angels. They're vampires. Yes. I mean, I'm sure and some angels show them... up at some point. I've, I've only seen, like, a couple episodes. I know Nathan Fillion shows up in a season as, like, the main oh. bad guy for the, the season. Yeah. I just remember that a lot of people were very upset that Joss Whedon wrote in, like, a rape story into Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which would probably sour it a little bit for me, too. Yeah, well, there's... Ugh. Joss Whedon has not aged very well. Um, I don't like Joss Whedon very much. Can I Can I be perfectly straight with you? I like Firefly fine. Yeah. I don't get why everyone's so... Oh, it needs to come back. It had a very fine run. Yes. It did fine. It did exactly what it needed to do. And I think and it's just Buffy's super boring. There, it's out there. Yeah. Fight me. Um, I, I definitely agree. I, I enjoyed Firefly. I enjoyed Serenity. I enjoyed his uh, work with Avengers. I like Doctor Horrible. Um, I never actually watched Doctor Horrible, but oh, it's it's definitely worth a watch. I'd highly recommend. But, it. But yeah, I, I some of the stuff has definitely not aged very well, and he's not the the paragon that I think a lot of nerds quote unquote think he is and plus there's some stuff that was supposed to be happening in firefly season two that was super not good wait what super not good there's like some drafts of firefly uh season two um oh. scripts or like you know the 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 main not the manuscript but like the basic outlines and there were some bits where like 
the space prostitute has like a thing where if somebody tries to rape her, they die. And uh, yes. <gasps> oh, so that means there was going to be a lot of attempted rape on screen. Good there, job, Joss Whedon. There was going to be an episode where she gets abducted by like some reavers, and then when they find her, they're all dead. So, which means that she got ra- gang raped, and they're okay. Cool, Joss yeah. Whedon. All right, listen, I'm gonna fucking level with you. Because, no, 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 this is a goddamn, this is something that has always fucking bugged me. And it's like, in tabletop games, like specifically role-playing games, there are so many motherfuckers, like so many fucking neckbeard dudes that are like, this is a grim, dark story, and rape is a part of real life, so it's gonna be in this yeah. game. It's like, listen, motherfucker. Just because it's a part of real life and it's a very dark thing that can happen to somebody does not mean you need to include it or even the threat of it. That is lazy storytelling and it's unsavory. Like, there are way better ways to create emotional stakes and drama than sexual assault. Yes. I'm just going to throw that fucking one out there. Take fucking note, world... You're bad at writing if that's your fucking go-to for grim and dark. Uh. If if that's where you get in your story and you say, I'm out of ideas for drama, let me do a rape arc, end the story because you're out of ideas that are good. Yeah. All right, that's it for me. Okay, so <laughs> this has been um, Maple Syrup, Blood Money, uh, episode yeah. eight. Um, next time we are doing chapter nine. La Grande Illusion. What the fuck? The title of the episode is La Grande Illusion. Oh no, I gathered it. I gathered what you were putting down, but I don't... That one has no real bearing on what happens. Unless everything that happens in episode 9 is a very carefully constructed illusory spell (laughs) casted by the Archdeacon to lure them into a false sense of security. Alright. Okay. So I'm so for Maple. All right, no, to get at us and send us yes. your fictional OCs, hit us up at Twitter dot business at at Maple and at at Maple and Blood. No underscores, no nothing. Right. At Maple and Blood. Yep. Uh, you can also email us like our good good listener Crazon did. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say he's number one listener. He's number one. Uh, he's number one. Number one. For sure, right now, for probably forever, number one in fact, listener. In fact, in fact, um, our, maybe by the time you're hearing this, we might have some new logos and banners and things like that. That might be by him. So, Oh, for real? Yeah, yeah I'm Ooh, talking fantastic. to him about, about some, some commissions. So, You can email All us right. at mapleandblood yeah, at gmail.com. That's maple and blood all spelled out no uh underscores spaces anything like that um you can find us on itunes which we would very much appreciate a uh, rate and review yeah please 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 that would that would do us a wonder and you know uh if you're enjoying the show which hopefully if you're at episode eight you are enjoying the show uh feel free yeah, to this share is your, your first friends. episode <laughs> I'm always worried that some of these episodes are going to be like somebody's first episode and they're going to be like, what the fuck are they talking no. about? Who is the Archdeacon? <laughs> send them this we one have to first cr- and then send them episode three and then we'll send them like episode 11 and just, just mix it yeah. up. Yeah. Just like we have to create like a common terms glossary <laughs> and put that on <laughs> the pod bean. A- we'll put that in the show notes for every episode. It's like, who are they every- talking about? 
who the fuck are they talking about? And it's like, oh, please, reference your lore Bible and uh, get on our level. <laughs> reference the maple syrup blood money lore Bible. Please and thank you. Do not break. Uh, as always, I have been the pugnacious Kyle Cardi. And I have been the uh, Sheba Nacious. Sheba Nacious? Oh, do- <laughs> fuck! Damn it! <laughs> it's dogs now! <laughs> Noah Carden. <laughs> have a good day. Thanks for listening. <laughs>